Show what a morning so far. Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, what you've done this morning. Lord, and thank you for salvation, for deliverance, for lifting heaviness. Shall I have the words that came, the one <clears throat> for those that are feeling heavy this morning? There is an invitation this morning for, for each and every one of you. That is feeling heavy, that is tired, that is weary, that is broken. To come and drink, come and rest. Lord, we thank you that you are holy, Lord. So, on us, we stay in this place, this attitude of that the Lord is here. That his Holy Spirit is here. And, and even though we're going to... Uh, share on on values this morning I want us to know to keep that that is important to the Lord so this morning in worship I'm just feeling like like we've been hitting this 412 conference thing hard like if you came in here if you've just been here for this past two weeks you're probably thinking why is this church talking about this conference I could feel like we're building a, around a 412 conference. And I'm say that we're not building around any conference. We don't you to, we're not trying to get you to go to a conference. We're really building around the truth of God's word. You know, one of the things that Joshua generation, the word uh, that came for Andrew was that this is going to be a blueprint New Testament church. And one of our key scriptures is Acts 242 to 47. That will be devoted. Devoted to the apostles' teaching that Nick shared on last week. And devoted to fellowship, devoted to breaking bread, prayer. And that is what we're actually trying to build in. We're trying to get you to see that to be devoted to these things is how we live. We're not asking you to do this at a 412 conference. We're asking you to walk in these things in your life, in your daily life. And just that the 412 conference will be an opportunity to walk in it. Because, you know, there's easier ways to build this. Like, I'm going to share on fellowship and hospitality today. There's easier, easier ways to build this than the way we're trying to do it. There's easier ways. Like, if we want to use our own wisdom... I could think in church we could have a visitor's team. We could take all the extroverts, all the people with Paul Gates smiles. We put them there in front and they and they beaming and they making you feel welcome. All the people that like to entertain, that they have nice houses. We ask them to can you invite that one and that one and make them feel like they're family. But it's not gonna be real. And as I share this. Today you might be feeling like, that's not for me. Like I'm not a people's person. I've got social anxiety. Whatever it is that might make you feel like I'm going to block off, this isn't for me this morning. That's for others. Lord, I'll be strong in other areas. And I say that, then it's exactly for you. Because it's in our weaknesses that the Lord works. And I say our posture this morning should be, Lord, I want to bring it to you. If we, like, I, I, I'm not a hospitality person, my, my home is my safe place, I'll do other things, Lord, and I say, bring that to the Lord. Bring that to the Lord, bring, come surrender to the Lord this morning.
He was often, 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 I had to come to the Lord with things that I couldn't do. And so, Lord, I need you. I had to come surrendered. And it's in those things that you grow. It's in the surrendered places that you will grow and mature and move forward and advance and be used by God. It's way more in those places than in the gifting and in the strengths that you have. It's in the surrender. And so even in this, there's a surrender to God and there's surrender to the leaders over you. There's a submission, there's a be submitted to the leaders over you because they will give an account. And as we're saying go to the 412 conference, we're actually calling you to obedience. We're calling you to go to a thing that's going to be good for you. We're calling you to walk in truth, to walk in God's word, to be devoted, to be a devoted people. And really, this morning, I'm not going to try to convince you, although I am. But even if you're not convinced this morning, your posture should be, I'm not going anyway. You know how many times I did things I wasn't entirely, or I wasn't, in my heart, I was like, I don't see it yet, Lord. But I had to do it, even if I didn't see it, because the leaders over me said I should do it. The only reason you shouldn't do it is if we're asking you to do something that's against the Word of God. If, we, if we're sharing and teaching and preaching things that is against the Word of God, then I want to say run. But please make sure that we are doing that before you run. Don't just assume. Now I see like, I see like where, Lord, where do we go this morning? Because... Because we are people that are going to do it God's way, right? We run our own plans, our own ways. I mean, when we come in, we share. To be easy to share good things, good ideas, good plans. To be easy to go and Google uh, great authors, great generals, titans of industry. Maybe you go watch a few TED Talks and come and share that here and come with good ideas that will be good for you, but it's not God's ideas. Good plans, but not God's plans. And really this morning, I want you to see that what, we, what we're trying to do is not a conference, it's not way beyond that, it's to try to get each and every one of us to walk in God's plan. And that's a very hard thing in this world. Because in this world, everything will be pushing us away. Everything will be pushing us to our own plan. There was a word that came that said, uh, turn from your wicked ways. You know that what is wicked to us is, what is not wicked to us, what we think is okay, is wicked to our holy God. And uh, give examples now. There's, there's times I've read the Bible and it's like, sure, Lord, that was, that was harsh because His ways, His plans is important. We don't want to miss what He gets for us. We don't want to miss walking in his plan. I think of uh, when they carried the ark and, and the ox stumbled and, and Uzzah grabbed at the ark and he died. And, and there's reasons and there's, but see, oh Lord, so it wasn't his plan, it wasn't his way. I think in the New Testament with Ananias and Zephira, when they, when they lied about their sold land and they gave some profit, 
but they lied about the amount. And they died, which was wicked before God. It wasn't God's way. And it seems harsh. Yo, if you read that, it's harsh. It's like, Lord, surely that's a warning. Surely that's like, oh, don't touch it again. Surely it's an Ananias and Zephira, like, we know you lie, don't do it again. Thank you for giving something. I mean, a lot of us sitting here this morning could be like, yo, this. We might be think we're okay, we are, and the Lord's okay with compromise, with doing it our way, with mixing His plan with our plan. And say so He's not okay with it. He's not okay. It's all or, or nothing. Like for me, that. Like for me, it's like, yo, Lord, you could have given them a warning. Yo, it's like that. At most, it seems like a yellow card offense. Right? doesn't seem like a straight thread. It doesn't seem like you were wicked before me. And I say, can we be a people that walks in God's plan? And that's what we want to do this morning. What, we share, what I'm going to share on this morning is what God has for us. So what God wants from us, what God wants us to walk in. Because this is where we're going to find life. Because if we try to hold on to our plan, our life, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose what He has for us. You can ask that. It will be a posture this morning. Lord, we want what you want. You know what it's going to take? It's going to take radical obedience. Radical obedience. It's going to take, Lord, when I hear your word, I'm going to do it. Lord, I want to walk in your ways. Lord, when it's hard, I'm going to push in. When there's resistance, I'm going to push in. Because you know you're going to face resistance. You know, there's three things that we, that's going to resist what the Lord has for us, us walking in His ways. It's the devil and the demonic. It's this world. If you haven't figured it out yet, this world, the winds that this world blows in, the things of this world, is against His ways. And the third thing is you. The third thing that's going to war against God's plan for your life is you, yourself. Is the thing in us that want to do it our way. Well, we've got to be the plan, our dreams. And you can't have both. And I speak this morning not as, as someone that, that has done this well. I speak as someone that has messed up often. I think the first 412 conference we had, um, I remember it vaguely. I shared it, tried to share it, come. Just the, the broad strokes, and then Tanya went and shared all the details. And I was sharing, I was just going to keep broad strokes. You know the first 412 conference I didn't go to? And it was really a choice. First, it was a choice. It was like I didn't see the value in it. I'm like, why would I go to? It sounds like work. Like, I'm working hard. I need leave. I actually took leave that week. We were going away to Sagefield. And Tanya was like, we need to go to this thing. And I'm like, I'm, I'm working hard. I need a break. That sounds like work. Sound like you in, you, worship sounds nice. But then you're in a word. Then there's a gap. Then you must speak to people. 
then there's another one, then there's a thing in the evening, then there's a window I rest. And I was like, it's easy. And this is my heart. This is how, how fraught my heart was. It was like, it's easy for the, the elders to say it. It's easy for Andrew to say it. They're probably going to take a break after the conference. They're probably taking their leave. And I must go back to work tired. So that was my posture. And now I'm an elder and now I must still take leave. And that was my posture. And Tanya in the background was praying, Lord, let us. And then she reminded me, I can't remember it. Andrew even shared, yeah. I want you all to be there. I want you to be obedient like I'm sharing today. I want you to be obedient to this. You even say things like, if you're dying, die later. <laughs> like, pray, Lord, later, let me go to the... And that was, but I can't remember any of that. And Tanya said, and I still was stubborn. And she's sharing, they said, come. And I'm like, I can't remember, but okay. <laughs> so I get you how we can be in a place where we don't want to listen. Can I say, don't miss what the Lord's going to do. Because I remember, so we, we're going to go away, and then I couldn't. I had an emergency work thing. I had to go to London. Tanya was doing backflips because she could go to the conference. And I went to London my first time. Very successful client thing. It went well. Got a client. Saw London. Went to Yilsong Church. It felt a bit like what I shared about earlier. Colgate in the front. It was an amazing experience. And when I came back to Anifesh from the airport, the conference just finished, and I'm like, I'm going to tell her about London, all the stuff I've seen, all the experience I've had, I've been done this and done that, make her jealous. She's going to wanna... And she was like, I don't want to... let me tell you about the conference. And every time I'm trying to get a word, and I couldn't. It's like the preaching, the worship, the prophetic words that came, the, the vision the Lord gave, the stuff He built in her. The bride, the fellowship afterwards, the connecting with people from all over the world. And she was on and on. And in that moment, I realized I messed up. I missed out. And ask each and every one of you, make every effort. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on what the Lord's going to do. And as I share now, I'm getting to the preach now. This is, what, this is what I've been feeling this morning. Nick, I know, brother. I know, I know you're watching my book. I know, brother. <laughs> Guys, Nick is watching me, I know. Even the mama look. The said, when I know you're not there anymore, I know it's over. <laughs> you're dwelling around here somewhere. So, I'm the she on fellowship and hospitality this morning, and you guys might think, yes, but Joe, that's easy for you. That's easy for you. You love it, and I do love it. I do love fellowship. I do love God's people. I do love... Having people in my home and being in people's home. I love it. But it wasn't always like that. This was an absolute weak area in me when I came to this church. I was a Catholic all my life. Got saved. I was in a church saved for two years and I came to this church. And it was weird being here. Because I couldn't understand it. I would be last in, first out. And Tanya would be, I'd be sitting in a car and Tanya would be taking a time here. And she'd come to the car, I'm like, what are you doing? We were there for the worship, we were there for the word. I mean, we're done, church is over. What are you still? And fellowship and, and this thing about hosting. 
I know I'd be in this church and people would be like, oh, this so-and-so is coming and they need to be hosted. And then there'd be people pick up their hand and go stand in the corner. And after a while I caught and it's just people coming in. I'm like, but why don't you stay in a hotel? There's Airbnb, there's, there's Booking.com specials, there's, there's so many ways. Why would you want to stay in someone else's? Like, I wouldn't want to go travel somewhere and go stay in someone's house. I mean, they put me in a hotel. I didn't understand that that is how the kingdom works, that we live in each other's arms. I didn't understand that. And in the food, the fridge thing. You know, the first few times I heard the fridge thing, I was like, but I like my fridge. <laughs> like, I buy the stuff I want, I like in my fridge, and you put the stuff you like in your fridge, and we don't need to. <laughs> I didn't... I didn't get these things. My first two years in this church, I didn't get these things. I didn't get that this is the way the Lord built. And I had to come before the Lord and say, when I saw that this is the way we should be living, I had to come before the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Because you know, the broad strokes we get, the broad strokes of church we get, right? There's a word, there's worship, there's maybe a prophetic word that comes, there's maybe... There's Wednesday, there's a life groups, community, whatever we call it. The broad strokes we get, most churches get that. If you come from another church, you get that. It's the details that we miss. It's in the details that Jesus is building his church. It's in the little things. It's in opening your home. It's in getting together. It's in staying after church. It's in after church, getting together. It's, it's outside of the broad strokes that Jesus is building his church. And I ask, can we be found there? Can we be a people as a Lord who want to be part of what you're building? So let me start with the preach. <laughs> the last thing before I start my preach. There's a guy called David Brainard. He was a, a, a missionary in the 18th century. And he's about, for about one and a half centuries after his death, uh, he died young. Most missionaries were inspired by his, autobiography, his life story. And he said this, he prayed this, Lord, let me not be fine loitering on my heavenly journey. And can I say, I've done, I've been doing, I've done a lot of loitering in my life. I missed a lot of things. And, but you know, today you can say no more. I hope you know what loitering means. It means like, uh, don't withdraw yourself. Don't, don't go around the mountain. Don't get lost. Don't, don't walk aimlessly. Because we should be a people that are intentional, that is radical in what the Lord has. Because if we know that, unless we're on fire, unless we're on fire and obedient and radical for what the Lord has for us, we look warm, we passive, we consumers. And you're going to keep on missing what the Lord wants to do in you and through you. There needs to be a shift in us if we want to walk in the life of God. I think there was a word that came about walking in life. You're going to have to fight for the life, for the life of God, if you want it. 
You're going to have to be intentional in it. You're going to have to pursue it. You're going to have to be devoted to it. So who's on? Uh, Zarina, if you can put on X242, I think. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, Nick did that last week, and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Sandu, they devoted themselves to fellowship and the breaking of bread. Devoted themselves, Nick said last week, I won't give the Greek, but intense effort to persist despite difficulty or resistance. So even in fellowship, and breaking of bread, if that's difficult for you, it doesn't stop the intense effort. You're going to keep on pushing on. You're going to keep on persisting. You're going to keep on doing it until something breaks up. And then uh, verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness hearts. So they did it daily. They continued in it. It was in their homes, and they did it with glad and sea hearts. They wanted to be there. They were glad to be there. They wanted to be amongst each other. Romans 12, 5. In Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs all to the others. So we belong to each other. Fellowship, the word fellowship means koinonia. Well, it comes from the Greek word koinonia, which means partnering, sharing, being together, being intertwined, being dependent, interdependent. It's more than friendship. It's just thing we need each other, we're locked in. It's like without each other, we can't walk in our destinies. Like, we need each other. We belong to each other. It's a thing beyond a friendship. I'll, I, I'll have a friend for a season and then I don't really... We can't do without each other. Our DNA is so entwined. Like Siamese twins almost. If we try to break us apart, we'll die. It should be like that. There's that weight and that depth. Koinonia, a oneness, a togetherness, a partnering, a working together, a common purpose. So this fellowship is this, this thing that binds us, that we'll never walk alone. Yeah. <laughs> Romans 12, 13. Share with God peop God's people who I need and practice hospitality. So the other word... Even they either say practice hospitality or it's shown. So if you're reading the Bible, if you're reading the New Testament and you're seeing a New Testament church, they're practicing hospitality. Doors are open, they're in each other's homes, they're doing all these things. And hospitality is made up of two words, Greek words. Philos, which means brotherly love, and xenos, which means stranger. So it literally means love for a stranger. Interestingly, that the word xenos comes from the word xenophobia, the fear of strangers, the fear of different foreign. And isn't right now in our country, there, there, in, in, there seems to be a, a wave, an air of xenophobia, of a fear 
of strangers, of foreigners, of those different. And we are actually called to the exact opposite. Like if, you walk, if you're driving through Parklands and you're like, yo, there's a lot of foreigners here. I don't know if they're all legal. You say that we are called to, be the ex to have the exact opposite posture, to be welcoming, to say, come in. Oh, what if they're not legal? Well, we're not the police. That's the police's job. The Lord has called us to be a people that welcomes, that draws in, that builds family. The exact opposite of the atmosphere in our country right now and this political world for it, are not political parties. In general, all the parties for votes is a political will to walk to, for this thing that the foreigners must be pushed out. And I say we need to walk in the opposite spirit. Because that is what we call to. And eating a meal, like obviously, I mean, every time you read the word, like Jesus is, he's having a meal in someone's house, he's going to someone's house to have a meal, or he's leaving someone's house from having a meal. Towards the end of his ministry, most of his ministry was in homes, connecting with people. Now in the culture, many cultures today, and definitely in his time, having a meal with someone was not just I'm eating with you. It was this, there's a connection. We connected. We friends, we family. You couldn't go to someone's house if you were if you were a stranger, if you were actually when people were strange back in the day, if one invited another to his home for a meal, it was an invitation to reconciliation. So when you read a word out of Jesus went to his house, remember Zacchaeus, the tax collector? He said, Today I'm gonna come stay in your house, I'm gonna eat in your house. So who do we invite? Who do we allow into our home? Well, whose homes was Jesus in? The Pharisees and the tax collector. The prostitute and the fisherman. The Jesus seems to make it very wide. It's like, come all. You know the word that came if, you, if you're heavy? Jesus makes it very wide. Come all who is tired and weary and thirsty and hungry. Come to me. So if you're asking, thinking, who? It's very wild. Elders. So a qualification for being an elder is hospitality. And we've got all these things in the way of the teach, character, but one wife, a few other things, and hospitality. And it's not... To be an elder, you must be hospitable, so one day when an elder, you'll be hospitable. That's that we can model it to you. We can be an example to you. And I hope that if you're in this congregation, that the elders in this house model that to you, that our homes are open, that you are welcome. And it's a qualification. The interesting thing about the qualification is that if we don't have it, it's a disqualification. We can, you can be the most gifted, the most, what the word is saying there is, you can have all these things. You can be amazing for the church. You can bring so much. But if you don't have this, you are disqualified. That's how important it is to the Lord. It's not an optional extra. Now, Paul is interesting for me. Because if you read the New Testament, most of the, like every church he loved, 
Like you write, I love you, brother. Like this is this, this Merv type of love that they had. Like the way he writes, beloved, beloved, beloved. But they also loved him. Like in the different times when he writes, he'll say, how you receive me. And in Galatians 4, 13 to 15, if you can get it. So this is Paul writing to the Galatian church about his first visit. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I was Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing for me now? I can testify that if you could have, you would have torn your eye out and given it to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling the truth? Sorry, that's just how it ends. So he's writing this letter because there's things happening and there's a disagreement with Paul, but he's reminding them how he first came. They treated him like an angel as if it was Jesus himself. And he says to this level that it feels like they'd have taken their eye out and give it to him if he needed it. They'd have done anything for him. And that's the way they received him. And I'm, and I'm sure you could be sitting and thinking, but that was Paul. Obviously, they received him well. It's like Andrew going to a 412 church. They can receive him well. No one's going to say, now there's no place for you. Andrew will be received well. I don't know if they're going to take an eye out, but he'll be received well. But for me, is what about Saul? So I get Paul. What about Saul, the enemy of the church, right at that time, the most intentional enemy against the church? He's on the road to Damascus and the word says he was filled with murderous intent against God's people and God's leaders. He was known for what he did. He put God's people in jail, uh, get them killed. He was enemy number one. And he's on the road to Damascus and we know the story. Not full of love in his heart, but with murderous intent. And the Lord meets him and he says, why are you persecuting me? So, and he's blinded, we know the story, he's blinded, he goes into Damascus, and a, a saint called Ananias, not the same brother that died earlier, that's another one, and he, the Lord comes to him in a vision and he says, go to Paul, this guy, uh, Saul, go to him, he's going to become Paul, I've called him to be a sword to the Gentiles, he must do all these things, give him his sight back, and anoint him, and Ananias is like, I've heard about him. Lord, you know who he is. You know what he's done. And Lucy knows all these things. So Nice goes, he's obedient. Paul preaches in Damascus. Complete anointing power of the Spirit. And then the Jews try to kill him. And guess who helps him? His enemies. God's people. They took him in, into their homes. They eat him. They smuggled him out of the country, out of, uh, what, uh, smuggled him out of, um, <laughs> they smuggled him out of Damascus to Jerusalem. And then he gets to Jerusalem and then the people, all the people's there and the leaders and the apostles and they're like, but this is the guy that's against us. If it was me, I'd been like, Lord, you've answered our prayers, you put him into our hands. We're going to do something to him, if it was me. But they're not sure, and then one of the, I can't remember who it was, but one of the guys says, no, 
I was in Damascus. He preached, they wanted to kill him. The Lord's working in him. The Lord's done something. And then the Jews want to kill him again. And then who takes him in? God's people. God's people, took, they took him in. They said he stayed in their homes. He took him in and then they smuggled him to Tarsus. So when Paul comes, yes, he had his Damascus experience with God, with Jesus on the road. But what about the wonder of how his enemies were treating him? The people that he was with was trying to kill him. In a moment, for one thing, in a moment they tried to kill him. But the people had every right to be his enemy, to want to kill him, protected him, showed him hospitality, drew him into family. And that is what we're called to do. One Peter for nine. Offer hospitality to one another. Continue without grumbling. And this is so important. It's about the heart. The way we do hospitality is about the heart. It's not about entertaining. It's not about... It's about if you've got a heart to serve and to honor and to spoil and to... Because Lord, that is what you want to do. And it's not about how we do it. It's not about how much money we've got, what we've got to give. But if we, Lord, we're giving what we can. No, we're not looking for extravagance and perfection. We're looking for hearts that want to serve and give and love. And the posture that we take, whether you're hosting, so when you're hosting, you give your best. You give your all, Lord, you give it your excellence. But when you're hosted, and I'm assuming that we're going to be a people that are going to be going, that are going to be sent, that are going to go to outreaches, conferences, we're going to go into the nations, we're going to go into Bloemfontein, we're going to go into Woodsprite, we're going to go into Brazil, we're going to go into Isle of Man, Holland, wherever we're going to go. I think for us, we should be people like, Lord, where do you want us to go? Where do you want us to be used? But when we be hosted, let us not have the attitude that when I hosted, I did all these things, so they better show me something. We're not going to go their chest out proud. We're going to go humble. We're going to say, Lord, be grateful for whatever we got. When the people bring you food and the meat is a bit tight, be like, thank you. When the toilet system don't work the way it works in your country, you're not used to it, thank you, I got a toilet. Ask more about stories of Russia and our posture, our attitude when we are hosted is thank you, Lord. Is gratitude, is humble. Okay. I've had, um, I've seen people host without the right heart, show hospitality without the right heart. I'm going to ask you now if you, like hospitality isn't your thing, that your posture be, Lord, help me in this and give your best. But don't go with yes, so the elders keep on with this thing, let me just my host. They now, now they're taking a list of who's hosting and I'm going to look like how I'm going to look, let me take my, put my name down. Because if you do it that way, you're going to, with grumbling, with the wrong heart, don't do it. I'm asking you not to do it. You're going to cause more harm than good. Rather don't. There was someone that hosted, um, had a bad hosting experience, and uh, she that hosted had a meeting with, with another couple just with her. 
And she had a list of issues with the person after the person left. Ate too much, uh, shower too long, uh, they had to lock the cupboards, it was a crepe, like in the, in the sweet cupboard, and I, I don't know, there were a lot of things. A lot of things is a way to host. Let me ask if you don't have a right heart, don't host. Like, don't lock up your stuff. Uh, people are like, oh, this cupboard's locked, it only opens after hours. I mean, say, because that's going to do something to the person being hosted. That is, not, that is not what we call to. And if someone does steal from you or does whatever, then we'll process it later. But we don't start there. We don't start with, you look suspicious. <laughs> so let's have the right I'm not saying if you don't feel like I don't do it. I'm saying, come before the Lord. Lord, help me in this. Don't do it with the grudge. And in every little thing we want to do this, we want to have the right heart, the right posture. Like if we bray. And we're probably going to be brides now when the guys come in the evening. I think the conference is just till five every day. And then we're going to have the evenings are open. There's going to be brides, there's going to be get togethers. But honestly, even when we get together in community or in whatever, like let's say we bray and we bring our meat. You don't bring your little steak, prime steak, with that's done exactly the way you want it, and then you go bright and you put it away. Can there be a little bit cononia in the bride? <laughs> a little bit of sharing, a little bit of oh, too. We put everything together. And if someone takes your steak and you get the no-name Vienna, not the enterprise, <laughs> if you get that... Can your face not show that you are displeased? <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I get to serve you. And bring extra, bring extra meat. If you really love the steak, bring a lot of extra steak. Let others have, let's... But let's know, where's my steak? Because <laughs> that is not koinonia. And it's not for the conference, it's for the way we live. This is how we live. Everyone's not going to have the same stuff and the same, but we bring it together and we share and we get what we get. We're not praying for our steak. We say, Lord, maybe someone else takes it. Okay. How wide do we go? How wide do we go with this thing? How far do we take it? Do we just leave our door open and then people just... How far do we take it? But you know, there's something in every one of us. Every single one of us. There's a, you know, there's a built-in filter in us. Who we will receive and who we won't. You know, there's, a, um, there's gatekeepers in us. Whether we know it or not, we're making decisions of whether that person is allowed in. That's just in the natural, that's how we operate. Whether you know it or not. And I wonder, where is your boundary? Is your boundary people that are like you? People that have your same interests, play the sports you do, is in the same income bracket as you, same race as you. Is your line drug addicts? Is it homeless? Is it 
Like, it's something we need to know. Where is our line? Because we need to catch it. Because the word says about Jesus is that in Ephesians it says, He destroyed the barrier, He divided every wall of hostility. Between the Jews and the Gentiles, that's what Ephesians says, He destroyed that thing. Every, and He called every wall of hostility. And I say, where is the walls of hostility in your heart? Because you could think you're doing well. I'm having a lot of bribes. I'm having a... And ask, is your circle getting bigger? The last six months, has your circle grown? And I'm not asking as more people come to your com. Has your circle grown? Have you had more people in your home? Have you been to more things? Have you connected at coffees with more people than in the past six months than the people you knew before? And besides it growing, is it different from you? Or you the same type of people? These are questions we need to ask ourselves that will reveal truth in our hearts. Like, oh Lord, come and help me. Yeah. Lord, I want the circle to get bigger, Lord, because that is how your kingdom advances. And if you like, my circle isn't getting bigger because nobody invites me to anything. This word is for you, not for the person next to you. Everyone here thinking, yo, there's other people need to invite, thank this word is good, people need to, no, no, it's for you. And if someone doesn't invite you, you invite. And if no one accepts the invitation, you invite again. And you keep on, we're just in awe oh, this place. What is the word devotion? What does it mean? Like there's, in, there's this intensiveness in what we're doing. There's a pers- perseverance, a persistence that even if there's resistance, even if there's difficulty, we're going to continue on. And I say in this thing, it's not one try, it didn't work. We're going to keep on keeping on, keeping on, discussing it, but we're going to move forward in it. So why should we show hospitality to people we don't know? So we share the word. We, I say that Jesus wants it. The word actually says that, um, that we were once foreigners. In Leviticus and in Exodus, it says that treat the foreigners well. Treat the stranger well. Treat the these though there's a different from you well, because you were once foreigners in Egypt. And for us here that is saved, we were once foreigners. The one says we were once foreigners. Actually, more than foreigners, more than strangers, we were enemies of God. We were enemies of God. But God so loved the world that He sent His only Son to come and die, to come pay a price for His enemies so that we could make a way back to the Father, so that we could be reconciled, so that we could be sons and daughters of God. And the word says, don't forget that you were once foreigners. If you see someone in the street it's like, and you look and it's like, yes, so. What are they doing? What are they? Remember that you were once foreigners. For me, often when I speak to people that have been safe for a while, it's often those guys have forgot. Because there's holy idols. It's like, it's so far, they've been safe for so long, my circle is only safe people. 
and we've got a posture or attitude against people that are unsaved without knowing it, that they're foreign. The Lord says, remember that you were once a foreigner. And someone loved you, someone drew you into family, someone showed you hospitality, and can we have the same posture? And the funny thing is that if we have received this hospitality and this grace and this love and this kindness from God, if we are people that we got a little idle, and, not, and if your community hasn't grown for a while, uh, or if your friendship circle hasn't grown for a while, or whatever, but if you build this little idle, here's my five friends, and we're just going to be hospital, uh, have hospitality with each other, and prize with each other, you know, there's the flow that happens in what we receive from the Lord, the joy of what we receive, it needs to flow to others. But if it becomes a dead end with us, now that thing becomes stale, it becomes stagnant, and it loses the life of God. And you can have a good time, and you can have, but if they, that thing is not growing, if there's no life in it, it's because it becomes a dead end. There isn't a flow of what the Lord is doing. But if you are people that is, Lord, we're receiving it so that others may receive it. Lord, whatever you've done to us, you've shown us kindness, goodness, love, hospitality. Lord, we're going to pass that on to others. If that's going to be our heart, I promise you, you're not going to lose the life of God. Because there's going to be a flow of the life of God, the joy of what the Lord has done. So the very thing where we try to keep this thing, we will lose it. But if we're free, if we're open-handed with it, and it means your friends, like you're gonna, your, your circle's going to grow, but friends that you had six months ago, you, probably, you might not spend so much time with. Because these new guys coming in, and that's the way the kingdom moves and advances. But no one's going to get offended or whatever because this is the life of God. is exciting. So the 412 conference. So now... Out of all the stuff I shared now, the, the 412 conference is a wonderful opportunity to walk in this, to walk in fellowship, to walk in hospitality. We should be living this. It's not for the 412 conference. It's not like I need to psych myself up for those three days. And after that, sure. No, we should be living it from today. We should have been living it. But it's an opportunity to practice it at the 412 conference. You know, the nations are coming to us. So I don't know who have our dreams. Who got dreams of maybe going to Brazil? Isle of Man, Europe, Russia, Bloemfontein. <laughs> Guess what? They're coming to you. If you can't quite get there yet, they're coming to you. The nations are coming to you. You know, people are going to go and they're going to pour themselves out. There will be people. Do you want to be part of it? Do you want to be part of what the Lord is doing? Do not miss it. And I'm not saying you have to be at the conference if you can't. There's ways you can do it. And we've seen many, these conferences have been happening for years, and we've seen it. We've seen people's lives change. We've seen church leaders come and completely change, be broken and refreshed and change. We've seen churches completely change direction. We've seen regions, territories, like Isle of Man, completely changed. That region is impacted, completely changed by Isle of Man conference, by outreaches, by the saints going in, by fellowship. Now, often when I ask the guys, what, what's the impact? Was it a great preaching, which it is? Was it amazing worship, which it is? 
No, it was the fellowship. It was like, yo, but this is what we see in Acts. People living in each other's homes, sharing, breaking bread and sharing around what the Lord is doing. Yeah, we read about this. We didn't know it can be real. And we've seen churches, nations, people impacted. And we're trusting for more, Lord. We're trusting. And I'm not promising you you're going to have, your whole life is going to change. I'm promising you if you give yourself that the Lord is going to do something in you and then through you, whether you feel it or not. So our, I think only our hub is hosting. But then, who is then? Only our hub. So only our hub is hosting right now. So our hub is Sunningdale, Melkbos, Milnerton, the noon. That it. So, so this area is hosting because we're, close to the, we're closest to the farm, I guess. So we need as many people to host as possible to open their homes. So John is so if I should jump there. Oh, let me not go there yet. So I think we need to be creative in the way we're gonna be part of this thing. So I've spoken to guys that can't get off from work, and I know these challenges. Can't get off from work, working shifts. Working late, staff is leaving, finances is tight, ESCOM petrol price, all these things. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of challenges. But can we posture ourselves, Lord, we're going to do what we can? So first I want to ask, can you make every effort? Can you do whatever you can to be there? Can you shift your slots? Can you do whatever you can to be there in terms of your work? If you're a student, and I had a stu two students ask me about this. So if you're not going to fail, if they're not going to not at your ID exams, if you know you can catch up if you miss a few days, if you can go and speak to your lecturers and say, listen, make every effort to be there. Can we have the heart of we going to make every effort? If you can't be there, if you can be there, register. Huh? If we can be there, amazing. If you can't be there, can we host? You don't have to be there to host. If you're going, not going, can you host? Can you open your home? No, but I don't have, now I'm renting a home. I'm renting a small apartment. Ask Nadia, is Nadia here? Nadia, can you come up, please? Alistair? Bronwyn? So you might be sitting and thinking, I don't have a lot to give. I don't have a big place. I just want to, these guys, so I want Bronwyn and Nari to share on um, being hosted in Brazil, what it did in them, and for Alice to just to share about hosting here in South Africa when it wasn't easy. Uh, yeah, so just quickly, just to give you a recap. So I'd been at the church for about a year, and I decided to go to Oatsun, and I got hosted by amazing people, and I stayed in an amazing house with a queen-size bed and pillows and blankets, and it was amazing. 
And a few weeks later, I went to Brazil and I stayed with a family who had five kids. They had two bedrooms inside their house and they had one bedroom upstairs. And upstairs were the three boys and down, like in the one bedroom were the two girls. And when we got there, we stayed in the room with the girls on blow-up mattresses and a very thin blanket. And there weren't even curtains on the windows. <laughs> and I didn't get a pillow for my whole week and a bit that I was there. So I landed up sleeping with a, my, my pillow that I had around my neck for the, for the flight. <laughs> um, and when I went and I was hosted by these people and I came home, I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. Because I live in a two-bedroom apartment. I have a son who gives up his bed to stay on the couch to let people stay there. Or if I have more than one person, I'll give up my room for them to stay there. We will sleep on the couch. We will do whatever is possible. Um, and when I came back and I put my name down to host people, I landed up getting a lady from Brazil that stayed with me for four months. And that was not easy. <laughs> It's not easy to open up your home. And there was a language barrier. We didn't understand each other. She was learning English. And it's just about saying, you know what, Lord? I can't do this, but in your strength, I can do it. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Um, so I was very blessed to go to the Isle of Man in 2012 for that first 59 people at Androidson. And somebody actually paid for my ticket. It just happened last minute. But my heart was in it. But while I was standing in worship in the Isle of Man, God said, I want you to go to Brazil. And in that moment, I was like, but God, I didn't ask you to go <laughs> to, go to Brazil. Um, God's like, I want you to go. So I was obedient. And three years later, I ended up going to Brazil. And the family that I stayed with was the same family that Bronwyn was staying with. But they did not have enough. And they decided last minute, probably two or nights, two or three nights before that, that they're going to host. And I ended up being their guest. It's true what she's saying. They, ha they don't have a lot. And this, this family, okay, on, on our way from the airport, I realized, hang on, they can't speak English. So Google Translate became our friend. And um, so we got to the house, and I'm like, in that, in that, at that time, they didn't have all that people in their house yet. I was the first person they ever hosted. They didn't know what hosting was like. They've never had any other people. They've never even been out of Brazil. And this family just loved me, took me in. I taught them a bit of Afrikaans. So when we couldn't understand each other, you say just liquor, and then we all good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but the hearts of these people, and I could see how they amongst themselves would figure out where we're going to get the next meal, how we're going to do this thing. And God just worked in their heart, and he blessed me so much. Um, the thing about it is that even though we didn't understand each other and Google Translate was there, we would sit and have the most intense prayer sessions and worship sessions with Google Translate because the Lord knew what he wanted to do. And I just needed to be obedient and they, obedient, and they just needed to open their hearts and their home to have me. So I was the first person they hosted. Then two years later, I'm like, hang on, I know this kitchen Bronwyn is posting pictures about. Then they had Bronwyn and more people. Then they fostered children. The one daughter is now married to the one boy that they fostered. They, they have been to South Africa with minimal funds, three out of that one family. One is still here. 
So the fruit of what God is wanting to do in our lives does not lay in these amazing stories, but in our obedience and our devotion. Thank you. Morning, family. So, um... <laughs> uh, so the same family that Nadia and Bronwyn were staying with, um, the gentleman Rubino, the father of the family, was due to come out to South Africa uh, towards the end of 2019. Um, now, I was booked to go on a trip to India at the time, and just to give you a bit of background, I was the original grumbler. I always found a reason not to host people. I could go and find excuses uh, that I could make up excuses. Um, you know, if somebody had offered to borrow us extra beds, I would say, no, but we don't have space for extra beds. Uh, or the house needs painting, or the, guard, the grass needs cutting, or whatever. Anyway, so I reluctantly agreed because these people had shown hospitality to my wife, and she came back with some amazing stories from Brazil. Um, but knowing that I wouldn't be there, so I wouldn't have to work, like Joe says, it was no work for me. Um, lo and behold, uh, when, I, when it came to applying for my visa for India, I actually got rejected for the first time in many years that I never had a problem going to India. I couldn't understand why. They didn't give me a reason why. Um, and at that time, we were coming out of uh, quite a financial challenge, so uh, it was work that I really needed, and I couldn't understand. I prayed about it, I prayed for this visa, reapplied, nothing. So I ended up staying. Um, Rubino came out to South Africa, we greeted him at the airport, didn't know a word of English. So like Nadia says, we, we spent um, the entire duration speaking through a phone, and with many misunderstandings and many laughs, and it was only after that that I realized that God was teaching me a lesson. You know, there was no way I was ever going to get a visa to go to India during that time because God wanted to teach me what hosting is. And I'm grateful now because I made a friend. And when, when Joe says about, you know, somebody looking dodgy, um, can you imagine a 59-year-old Brazilian coming to live in your home with dreadlocks down to here? coming out of the room every morning, just greeting you with the biggest smile on his face. So I just want to challenge you guys. And You know, we definitely weren't ready. We weren't ready financially, emotionally. I was nowhere ready to host. Um, you know, you will, never, you will never be ready. You will always find an excuse if you're in that position. Um, I challenge you, just put up your hand and say yes. And so what happened after that... Um, I got booked for other work in India. Um, I got my visa. I spent the next two months getting more work than the work I had missed out on whilst hosting. And that work actually set us up for um, COVID, which would hit the next year. And uh, we were blessed financially in such a big way. Um, so I just want to challenge you. You know, it's, uh, you will bless somebody but the blessings in it for you are huge. Thank you.
So I just want to come in, Alistair and Nadia, that actually when they hosted, they were really struggling. They were really struggling. And they still hosted. And my, my, my sense, and these people, Bronwyn, the regular, I, I know who's the regulars that host. Uh, Foot and Mercer now, uh, like Sid and Miller, like the guy, the regulars that also host. And I say, once you host, it'll break something open. We can't explain this to you. It will break something open in you that you will continue hosting. I see that pattern that people that hosted before continue hosting. Because it does something. The, the, the family they're speaking about, their daughter, uh, Beatrice, is actually in, uh, till the end of the year, she's here in um, Cape Town. She's being hosted. She was hosted by us. She's hosted by other guys now. We're probably going to have her again if a dog doesn't bite her again. Uh, so we got these. But that would never have happened. This is the life of God. You know, you read the New Testament, and it's like, oh, they went to Asia Minor, and they went to Greece, and they went to... This would never have happened unless the Lord was doing things. Oh, these groups of people moving around, and this is the New Testament, how the New Testament church looks. Like those, that family would never have left Brazil. But if something's been done in them, like, like we can go for God. Okay, so I'm going to ask you if you, can, if you can make it to the conference, do everything you can to be there. If you can host, when I say if you can host, I mean, do you have a place? I only got one room. Do you have a mattress to sleep on the floor? Do you have a couch? No, I don't. Do you have a tent to camp outside your house? How's, it, how's the wind in your house? How's the chill factor in your garage? Can the car sleep outside? And all these examples I'm saying right now is what people have actually done. People are doing this. People are camping outside the house. People are sleeping in their garage. I want to ask, I want to challenge you. I can promise you when you go, when you are sent, you're going to have a home. Can the people, can our brothers and sisters, can the strangers, the people we don't know, but come in because they believe, they have faith that God is going to do something, can they have a place to sleep? Okay, but now you can't, you can't host. Let's say you can't host. This is impossible. Are you going to the conference? Can you provide transport? Now, I want all this to be on Wednesday, discussed in com. Right? Discuss this in com. What can you do? Someone in your com is hosting. Okay, I can provide transport. I can. So if you're going to the conference, can you put, do you have space in your car? Tell your com leaders. Let's see who can you give a lift. i got social anxiety. I don't want to speak for half an hour to someone in the car. Put on a song. I don't. Make it work. Be creative. So now you can't. You can't go and you can't give host and you can't host and you can't get to the help of transport. Can you provide meals? Can you take, choose one day and provide a meal? So someone in your commerce hosting, they need help. Can you provide a meal? Like as a com, can you host a few people like together? I'll host, you provide the meals, you do whatever. Can you work together? Can you make it work? Can you be creative? Eh? So can you provide a meal? If you can't provide a meal, can you take them out one night? So you can't cook. So you can't cook. Can you host a dinner or a braai? Like host a dinner, get someone in your comedy that can cook. Can you host a braai? Like let the guys come in braai. I hope you can braai if you're South African. Can you braai? Can you host a braai one night to say, guys, this day, second day of the conference, a bunch of guys come through and we... 
we braai or we go out or Now I can't. I'm working every evening. Okay, when you are, and can you join into something? So someone is having a break, can you go? Easy at night, you can go. You can go fellowship. You can discuss. You can catch a little bit of something. You can be encouraged. You can bless and be blessed. Can you do something? Don't, let, don't miss this. Be part of it somehow. There's no one here that can say, I can't be part of it in any way. But maybe you can't. Maybe you're not going to be here. Maybe you really are working day and night. Maybe you're in another country. Maybe you're in another city. So you can't. Have you got money? Can you provide finance? Can you, someone your commerce hosting someone, I'll give you some money to help. So you're not going to be here, but you can give some money. Like we all can do something. So I want to ask you guys, on Wednesday, come together as a come, discuss it. Do the most you can do, not about the least you can do. Give your best. You know the old widow with the might? You know when Jesus was watching all the guys that had a lot give in and they're giving a lot and then the, the old widow came and she gave two coins. And Jesus said she gave the most. Because the other guys gave out of their overflow, out of their wealth. She gave out of her poverty. She gave all she had. That was going to cost her way more. Can I ask when you get together on Wednesday and you discuss this thing, what can I go to? What? Please let it cost you. So Lord, let it be like David. Lord, let this thing cost me. Lord, I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to give the most I can. I'm going to give to such a level that it's going to cost me. It's going to cost me at work when I get back and my boss is upset that I took three weeks off, three days off of church. But I'm going to catch up my work. I'm going to lose some money because I'm a contractor. It cost me some money to invite people over for a bride. It cost me something. Maybe you, the whole conference you're busy, but the weekend you are and you take a family that is here and you take them outside seeing. You show them hospitality, you love them and get caught up in a bit of the excitement of the conference even though you didn't go on the weekend. Do something. Let us be a people that want to be caught up with the things of God. Okay, Joe, I don't know if you've got anything else, else I can pray. Can I pray? Come, Lord. My wife says everyone needs to stand when I pray. <laughs> Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Yes, Lord, I just want to pray for each and every, every one of us here this morning, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you that your spirit moved, Lord. I thank you for what you've done, Lord. I thank you for the deliverance, for the salvations. I thank you for lifting heaviness. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as your word went out this morning, Lord, that hearts received truth, Lord. There will be a stirring in us, Lord, to do what you called us to do, to live the way you called us to live, Lord. There will be a radical obedience in us, Lord, to count for you, Lord, to have a life of purpose, Lord, to count for your kingdom, Lord, to walk in your ways, to do it your way, to lay down our lives, Lord. Lord, there may be something in us to say, Lord, your way, not ours, your will, not ours. 
Lord, the stirring in has to be part of what you're doing right now, what you're going to do during the conference, Lord. To catch something of it. To, to, to take part in it in some way, Lord. Lord, there is going to be something that desires to be stretched in us. Not to be comfortable, to be compromised, to be passive. Not to be pure, almost to be consumers. There will be something that you stir in us to say, Lord, we want to count for you. May this season cost us, Lord. May it come at a price. May it not come easy. May it stretch us. May it bend us. May it shape us. May it mold us. May we be clay in your hands, Lord. Come and do what you want to do in us and through us, Lord. May we bring what we have, Lord. May we bring it before you. May we come surrendered with the posture of surrender and say, Lord, have it, Lord. It's yours, Lord. Make something beautiful out of what we have, Lord. Only Do only what you can do, Lord. Lord, in, even in this little thing, in a bride, we can have an impact in the nations. Having people in our home, we can impact the nations. We can impact your kingdom. Lord, may your kingdom advance. May we be a people where your kingdom advances, Lord, because we are obedient. So come, Lord. Come, Lord. May we live this thing for real, Lord. May we be authentic. May it be true in our hearts, Lord. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.